Okay, so I think this will be a special episode in the back channel. Bringyourwallet.com slash back channel. Um, you have opinions about uh, the Rosetta landing? It's uh, a bigger deal than it appears to be. Oh, 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 of course. It's a huge deal, Um, which it, it even, uh, it, it's crazy. Uh, as we were talking before uh, we started broadcasting, and Nate doesn't even know anything about it. This is that comet landing, right? Yes, yes. I know almost nothing. I just know that it is a moving object. Extra fast. Everything's kind of moving, technically. Extra fast, yeah. Yeah, it's not like uh, we sent this probe up here. Wait, what was the name of the probe? Uh, well, there's the Rosetta, which is the like the main part. And uh, the lander is named uh, Philae. P-H-I-L-A-E. A-E? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's what it is. Yes, yes. With oh, the ladies. Uh, yeah, it's a. a okay, yeah, because I've heard of that. Uh, that I've heard of. That's the thing that like was trying to attach to it, but I didn't know. I forgot. The, I didn't know the name of the actual comet or any of the other things. Oh, the name of the comet is some crazy. Agica or something. Agica. Yeah, it, it's it's two last names. And they're both like Scandinavian, so there's a whole bunch of like K's. Scandinavian? Is that yes. a made-up thing? <laughs> Scandinavian no. Norwegian? Scandinavian? Yeah, no, it's not a made-up thing. That that whole that whole area, like what Sweden, if it's a Swedish Scandinavian? <laughs> yeah, so like from Swedish Scandinavian Finnin. Right, from like Iceland to uh, like Finland. That's, yeah, Scandinavian. Yeah, Scandinavian. North okay. and Swede. <laughs> north, north and Swede, Mark. Right, right, exactly. So, yeah, so these guys who discovered this comet, you know, they they put their names on it, but there's a lot of K's and Y's and stuff. It's like uh, it's like that volcano that, that uh, erupted, what was that, a couple years back? Or had that crazy Oh, name. the one in Iceland. Yes. It had that weird name that no one could pronounce. Except for the Swedish chef. Right, right, exactly. The Eruption. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I have a Swedish chef's translator. I'm gonna translate that shit. <laughs> it, it might not work. But yeah, no, the comet is uh has some weird name that absolutely no one can pronounce. Channel. It's reading it back. <laughs> yeah, that's a link to the Swedish uh chef. So oh. the volcano translates to the volcano. Something like that. Oh right. Hard to pronounce. Yes, yes, and and, and that and that was my point. Is that it's the same sort of 
erupted. Yeah, the the same vein as the name of this comment, but um, it's not like we we just got there yesterday and decided to shoot this probe down. To, oh, they saw it coming. To land on it. No, we we've been um, in orbit. I kind of want to quotation that orbit um, with this comment for for a little bit now. Um, it was. Well, when did they launch the initial probe? The initial probe was launched in 2004. Okay, so they saw it coming. Oh well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this this whole mission was a, a a long time you know in like in, in 10 process years before well, well yeah obviously 10 years if it was launched 2004 well, okay yeah but 10 it, years before <laughs> yeah well you know in uh this probe i i think if i remember correctly the uh the path that it took it it actually swung out and like came by earth three times it went through the uh, asteroid belt um, and took some good pictures of some big asteroids out there. Um, went by Jupiter. It's getting all these gravity assists because this thing is screaming through through our solar system. It, it's not like like a planet. You know, it's kind of just chilling in this really nice orbit. This thing is falling in towards the sun at breakneck speeds, and we had to put this probe, this spacecraft, um, through these different different uh, gravity assists, just whip it around so it could eventually hook up with this comet. Yeah, I'm trying to find the speed right now while you're talking. Right, I, I've I've tried to look it up, it, but it it really is just screaming. But so we got there um, a couple months back, um, within this year. But uh, the the whole craft arrived at this comet, um, you know, a couple months back, like I was saying. But what's funny is. Um, or what I think is really, really cool about the whole thing is the gravity. I mean, this thing is massive for sure, but the gravity that it has is, is so small that to achieve an orbit around this comet, um, it has to take this like triangle path around it. So like it got there, you know, it's taking all the scientific data and it'll like pass it up it but then turn like I don't know, forty five. Well eight. then it has to use boosters, right? Right, right. So it turns and it fires for, you know, a second. You know, it's in zero G out there. Um, so it it fires and it continues on and then it gets to the next point and fires turns and fires and it's just, just this uh triangle like path that it has just continually following so, do you know if that's done manually or if, is there some kind of autonomy well the how do you compute that oh, and execute it yeah you know, that's why the whole thing is is 
really amazing. The uh, communications delay is uh, 27 minutes. Wait, how many, for perspective for me, how many planets out would that be? Like Mars? 20 minutes, like 11 minutes for Mars then, right? Right, right. No, it, it, it's pretty far out. Um, wow. It, so this had to have been launched like 15, 20 years ago? Well, 2004, like I said. Okay, so 2004. And that took like yeah, two thousand four. Right. Yeah, and and like I was saying, it takes this crazy ride through the solar system where it's getting these gravity assists. The magic school bus. Right, exactly. This magic school bus gravity assist coming through the planets. Um, the Jupiter was one of them. You know, there's a lot of gravity there, just slinging around. Um. Yeah, it it's crazy. It, <laughs> it it blows my mind to even even just talk about it. Yeah, it looks like the lander is constructed out of um an Amazon box and some uh, metal frames. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, it's it's going to be out of the most minimalistic uh, material that you could find. It drills itself into the, well, what they assume is soil or dirt or rock. Well, it has been very common knowledge that uh, comets are like uh, 50% like ice and then rock and, and stuff like that. And so as uh, this Rosetta probe was coming down, uh, towards the comet, you know, they were taking all sorts of scientific uh, data. They they were discovering um, a lot of like sulfur and and really like stinky sort of uh, materials coming off of this this comet. Uh, like so, if if you were on the comet or on the probe smelling this comet it it would smell like shit like you you would probably puke <laughs> smelling these gases coming off of it so it's got like a robotic cybernetic nose yeah different instruments for determining what's what oh yeah absolutely um let me see i got it hold up here the the amount of instruments they have on it is it, crazy and the acronyms just are like out the ears, you know, there's just so many different things they got going on. They got the Alice, an ultraviolet imaging spectrograph. <laughs> well, on my Star Trek communicator here, I have my visual light spectrograph, the camera, oh, a oh, barometer, right. a magnetometer, and, uh, a uh, a time global posi- time based global positioning system. Right. Well, the does this have that? Uh, no, no. The the all the things on this probe are based in real life. Well, no, those are real. That's the iPhone. Oh, I was oh, just yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they they do have uh, a lot of systems. Um. On this on this probe, that do most of those things. 
whatever you said, the the micro magnetometer. Yeah, it's magnetometer. Fucking compass. Right, right. They're they're <laughs> de- definitely um, checking out like the electromagnetic. Uh, yeah, because they've got to sense gravity once right. they start feeling the pull. Right. Um, and so the most up to date info on this whole mission is they they did have these um, harpoons. Because I'm seeing them in the image on Wikipedia. Right. The, Book of knowledge. Because the uh, gravity is so weak, they had these harpoons, so, you know, they would shoot it into the ground on this comet, and it would keep the probe on the surface of this comet. So, apparently, what happened, because, like I was saying, the, the delay is 27 minutes, so... They they gave the whole thing you know instructions and let the let the computer run its thing. It's got to do what it was told to do. Um, yeah, that's it, really high latency. Right, right, exactly. You're not playing FPS on this. <laughs> it's no Counter Strike. No, not at all. I was gonna say DoD, but yeah, you know. yeah DoD. <laughs> But still, so um, I was actually watching the live feed from uh, from Mission Control, the ESA, uh, European Space Agency. They they were the guys that were leading this whole project. Um, it's not not to say that like NASA and the USA. Yeah, wait, why wasn't NASA doing this? Well, um, <clears throat> the the ESA. Yeah, the ESA. They they had previously done other missions similar to this, where they they launched probes out towards like uh, Halley's Comet and uh, other like asteroids and stuff like that. But this is not to say that ESA was one hundred percent the only like. Um, people involved they they definitely were heading it up but um most of the other big um uh space agencies were definitely involved who got to play captain ahab and launched the harpoons into moby dick (laughs) um that we'll see that that was all a, a computer program that was being run on the on the ship but what i was what i was going to get to is is apparently they didn't fire these harpoons that were supposed to keep the probe connected to the comet apparently did not fire huh so what uh, according to everything that i've read what happened is that Rosetta, the like the main probe, launched the landing craft, this Feely craft, um, in the you know in the trajectory. The so the comet's moving this fast. I'm gonna fire this thing that this fast, and it's gonna crash into it. 
but we have these harpoons that are supposed to keep us connected. So apparently it, it, it got there and the harpoons didn't fire. So the thing bounced. <laughs> the thing nailed it. It nailed it. Absolutely. They got all the calculations correct. But I bet this this was probably by that uh, made by that Korean airbag manufacturer. Who is that, Nate? Korean uh, the guy, airbag. Or Japanese? The one that Honda and Toyota used? I don't know. And the there's company. a big recall on all the airbags. Because when they do, because most airbags, normally they don't fire, even when they're kind of supposed to. It's supposed to be very rare, the conditions under which they'll fire. And in this case, when they do, they could decapitate you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't but know. But in this case, it didn't fire. No, I bet it was yeah. made by that company. No, and the, and there would be no no air by, uh, um, airbags anyways because... They, well, I mean, the deployment, like, use some kind of ignition process. Right. Well, like I was saying, they have these harpoons. But to use these harpoons, they had to have... Um, <clears throat> Um, they had to have these jets on the opposite because, you know, you're in zero, zero G and Isaac Newton, you know, equal and opposite. Oh, so they had to boost right when they did it. Right. Exactly. But apparently it didn't fire anyways. So, what? so this, this thing came in to where they wanted it to land and just uh, nailed it, just bounced off of it about a half a mile. Apparently, it's so, <laughs> it's so crazy. It, it just bounced off of this thing, and so it came back down for another attempt at a, at a solid landing with the harpoons, and the harpoons didn't fire again. So that's what happens when you let the ESA do it. Ah, uh, right. Well, so apparently, right now, the best info that we're getting is that it's sitting on its side like it's completely 90 degrees on its side um they've been getting pictures back of uh one of the lander legs um just sticking straight up in the air you know that's not so bad well well, the bad thing is that it has um, solar cells on it to keep it oh. going. Yeah, so apparently it's not it, on the side like it is. It's not going to have the full potential of these um, uh, solar cells. NASA and, used n- nuclear power back in like the 70s. Small reactor. Right. What are you saying? Are you landing on comets with a budget? Is that what they're doing? <laughs> well, absolutely. Lithium ion? Well, I mean, I mean, just look at how it's manifested itself. I mean, we, we landed on a goddamn comet. <laughs> we had a, a, we as in like the human race, Landed on the human comet. How many people are talking about this right now? I mean, just us. 
We're the only yeah. people on Earth. Yeah, probably us. Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Bill Nye, maybe. Yeah, well, those guys are uh, getting paid to. Oh, well... Most likely. <laughs> if you think that the only reason that they're talking about it is because they're getting paid to, then you completely misunderstand what what they're all about. No, they they are just as excited as like I am about all this shit. It it it, it really is a, a really historic moment in in humankind. Yeah, before this it had only happened in Hollywood. Right. It's theoretical. There's never an opportunity. Nobody passed by. Right, right, exactly. And I mean, there's no Bruce Willis up there or Ben <laughs> Affleck. <laughs> there are Navy SEALs in space, though. Okay, yeah, I'm sure. Whatever. Yeah, Doesn't working matter. for NASA, NASA. That's kind of a Bruce Willis of space. They don't get ray guns, though. No, uh, they haven't quite figured that out yet. No. I don't know how a, a ray gun would work in space anyways. Uh, yeah, high-powered laser, some, some like that. Unity. Something without a projectile. Otherwise, they'll send you flying if you had like a rail gun. Right, uh, you know, Newton Newton got that fucking right. <laughs> um, but even, even a laser, <laughs> I mean, I feel like... It have to be really uh, powerful to actually it, move you in the other direction, right? It, or to do any damage in the direction that you're firing it. Uh, supercapacitors. Oh yeah. You just have to carry around a really big cooling system, right? So you can keep that sub two hundred degree temperature. I'll just keep that hooked up to my uh, lightsaber. Well, I guess you're in space. You could have a supercapacitor, couldn't you? Isn't it like negative two hundred just sitting out there? Oh yeah, it's. Yeah, it's definitely very cold. Oh. There you go. Supercapacitors. Yeah, yeah, super cap. Space travel solved. Brought to you by... Aliens. Bringyourwallet.com. Aliens. Roswell. Aliens. Where's Nate? Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> okay. What about them? Supercapacitors in a vacuum. Outer space. Isn't that... Cold enough? Let's see. Uh, let's ask the Book of Knowledge for the temperature. <laughs> I love temperature that. of space. Of outer Dang. space. Let's see. Okay, the four minus four fifty-five temperature Celsius or Fahrenheit. Uh, Fahrenheit. Sorry, this is uh, four fifty-five. Temperature needed for a super capacitor. My understanding of it is it needs to be fucking cold. Very cold. Uh, operating at 200 degrees Celsius. What does that mean? Uh, prob- positive? No, probably about about the same. So... As- as space Fahrenheit. Oh, wait, supercapacitor recorded at temperatures as high as 200 degrees Celsius. That's not what I'm looking for. Um, 
because like quantum computers have to be super cool. Yeah, like bone chilling. Yeah. Uh. So in Interstellar. <laughs> oh yeah, which you need to see in IMAX, and you will probably have some spoilers. No. If you listen to this. I've so already said. Spoil okay. away. Well, were there two Spoil black away. holes? Well, there's a wormhole. So it's a tunnel. But so Gar- it's called Gargantua. It was a dying star. That was a black hole. No, the black hole was the thing they first go through. That was the wormhole. No, the- that was the wormhole. Gargantua was the black hole. They were put. They went through the wormhole to get to another galaxy, where there were habitable planets orbiting a black hole. Oh, there, there's a wormhole in this movie. Yes. Oh, that's so fucking awesome. We shouldn't, we shouldn't say any more for you because no, it's no, so cool. No, the things that you uncover right. while you're, you're watching this, it's mind blowing. Well, it makes you think. I don't. Know. Some people may be like, it's not mind blowing. So uh, this was oh yeah. worm wormhole um, within our solar system, or was it? It appeared sometime. In the 40s. That was the black hole. Wormhole. The wormhole. Wormhole. He explained the black according guy. To, according explained, to this graph, it's the black hole. Well, that graph was made by a faggot. So <laughs> it was a fucking wormhole. And the black guy explained Gargantua how a wormhole hole works. Could be, okay. Yeah, black holes and wormholes are very different. The black hole was the one where they're trying to figure out how you pass through the so event the horizon. So the wormhole was the one that was deliberately placed by Saturn, and then the the, yes. the the black hole was the dying star. And we, I can't tell you what happens with the black hole because it spoils things. Okay. Well, I would assume that it does what black holes do and just eats up everything. Or, yeah. or I really is, can't talk about this without. Do they have the spaceship that uh, does that thing? Where there's nothing they, supernatural. Okay, if Edmund's planet was next to, well, I guess technically it is. If Edmund's planet was next to the black hole, why isn't that planet's gravity all shifted and weird like Miller's planet was next to the the black uh, the wormhole? Oh. That that's actually a good question, but it, it the wormhole didn't have gravity. Well, um, the wormhole good point. might yeah. not have wait, gravity. No way. No, they the just wormhole. boosted to go through it, and they appear in another galaxy because the space time's bent there to connect those two points. But a a planet uh, a planet orbiting a, a black hole would look. Uh, very similar to like Earth, like if it was in a stable orbit around the black hole, it it wouldn't really like completely tear apart the, well, the whole planet. In the trailer, you see a planet with massive waves, but that's because it is too close to the black hole, which you find out. Okay, more but- spoilers. But yeah, but but even still, a planet can exist in an orbit around. A they black all hole. exist near the black hole, right? That's, that's where the wormhole took them. And wormholes are apparently spherical. Oh yeah, well, which is cool. Yeah, that's a very human way of looking at it. 
Well, because it's three dimensions, like for your eyes and obviously to see it on the projector, it has to be in 3D. You can go in it anyway and you'll always come out the other end. Yeah. And I guess if you knew where the wormhole was taking you, like where you're entering and exiting, would you be seeing a thing pass through it like super fast, like just stretched out? Isn't that what the wormhole is kind of doing? Um, my, my understanding is that a wormhole is like a crease in the, uh, space time. Yeah. To touch one end to another. Right. So if you were, if you could like observe back up and observe between these two points where it exits and where it goes in and it goes in one side and comes out the other, does it visually just look like it goes in one end and out the other? Or does it look like it's stretched across the universe? in like a string and then appears on the other side. You know, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, but (laughs) what I would think is that you probably don't see shit. If, if there's a wormhole, it's probably, yeah. Um, it's instantaneous. Um, but what if one end is sticking out of one side and the other end sticking out the other side? So like you have some sort of like pole, like you're you're pushing the, a really long Oscar Mayer Wiener spaceship. Yeah. You, so so you find this wormhole and you put something through it. You're holding on to one end and the other end is and the tip goes in. Right. You know. I I don't know. I I think that the way that it works is that it would be instantaneous. The the second that you put the the end of your Oscar Mayer Wiener mobile into the into the wormhole, it it would be at that point in space at the other side. So you could have like remote rape or telefucking. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> a small wormhole. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Some little thing poking out of the other side of this little wormhole sphere. <laughs> That's funny. Right. But what I'm saying is it would be directly connected to uh, yourself at the other end. And <laughs> if I don't Get know. Get your hands off my penis. <laughs> right. <laughs> if for some reason this wormhole <laughs> was right in front of uh, a unsuspecting woman, then yeah, sure. You can get That's your... the ultimate glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> it just, <laughs> it just pops out the other side of the galaxy. That could be an alien. <laughs> hey man, a hole's a hole, right? We've just invented a whole new genre of porn. Alien. Oh yeah, just get some uh, tentacles going on in there and eat. space glory holes. Right. Uh, the that's not alien. That's Japanese. <laughs> the tentacles through the wormhole. <laughs> I could make a whole comic book series around that. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Jay and Silent Bob. I'd have. Yeah, wormhole, glory hole. <laughs> through through the snoochy boochy wormhole. 
It would be kind of like Space Dandy. Have you ever watched that? No. It's a dandy oh, yeah. guy in space. Yes, he goes yes. to restaurants called Boobies, and he can warp, which enables him to, I guess, he, when he does his warp speed thing, he stretches out. So that's he, why I imagine the string thing. Yeah, he like does some weird dimensional shit too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's just cosmic strings and make believe stuff and three boobied aliens. Right, right. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger running around in a <laughs> fat woman suit. Get to us tomorrow. It's not a tumor. <laughs> Get to the chopper. So, um, I Get I've to heard, the I've heard a lot of reviews about uh, Interstellar, talking about how they couldn't get past uh, Matthew McConaughey, fucking, um, dazing fused creeper. I thought yeah. he was good until the 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 fucking time plaid string weird shit. You're that, you're, you're that's an ultra spoiler. Well, not really, because I didn't. Give oh any yeah, it con- is. I didn't give any context. Okay. What does does he? He try screams to, like, and yells, so um, it's not. Come back to Earth or something after he's uh, passed through this wormhole. No, it's some like highly theoretical thing where you're displaying incomprehensible multiple dimension things in the form of a film. So they've passed through a fucking wormhole, Nate. Suspend your disbelief a little bit. right right this fucking dazed confused El Camino driving motherfucker I didn't think his acting was bad though I mean he was upset so his acting seemed to make sense it's not like Nicolas Cage getting a beehive put over his head going ah the bees he's also supposed to be the leader in the common collected guy out of the group because Anne Hathaway is an emotional wreck too throughout the entire movie so it's like it's a lot of this like there's just scenes where this is drawn out of like crying and stuff and some of it seems like pretty contrived I, I wasn't really paying attention to that that's I, I think that's why I, I haven't gone out and seen it I completely forgot Anne Hathaway is supposed to be in this there's no way that she's a fucking astronaut it's like a gravity well, nepotism because like, he's the daughter, or she's the daughter of uh, one of the scientists. Yeah, she's gravity. Not, she's not an astronaut in the movie either. She's like a, she's just like a researcher or whatever that's had training in. Yeah, because it's technically like the end of the world. So. Oh yeah, so it's a medical doctor desperation, going up to a satellite. She's a researcher. Oh, and yeah, with gravity. Uh, what's her name? Sandra oh. Bullock. Fucking Sandra Bullock. She's in pretty good shape for being in space for six months. No. Oh, she's got a nice ass. No, no you gotta see her in the movie. Something. Sure, the only reason she was in that movie is for the scene where she makes it to the, uh, um, what's it called? This, the, uh, that Russian or, or Chinese fucking ship. And she's sitting there without a suit on. Kind of just yeah. floating around. Yeah. That's the only reason that fucking that, Sandra Bullock is in that goddamn movie. And 
they're taking whatever the uh, the latest bulletin is from the broadcast board of governors that basically says like pick female roles or uh, leads for your movies. BBG.gov. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. I don't know about that. But Gravity was kind of cool, though. I mean, I like the idea uh, that the, that is like the ultimate frontiersman work. Right, right. I, I completely agree with the idea. I, I thought that whole thing was awesome. But George Clooney and Sandra Bullock... A medical doctor. You know why Clooney was in it? Yeah, uh, because he, he probably sucked the dick of the director. No, he is a major shareholder of a satellite communications company, and he owns he a satellite. Is, he is their salesperson. So, who better to sell satellite communications than George Clooney, the guy who owns your business? There's Hollywood for you. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's what Clooney does. He does spy movies. Oh, Clooney. Yep. Oh, Clooney. I wish I had the soundboard. I could play that sound, that jingle. I like Clooney, though. I like him in his other movies, especially like the heist movies. Yeah, he's a good actor. Oh, yeah. Have you seen uh, Burn After Reading? Yes. Oh, yeah. Coen Brothers. Yes. Yeah, he was great in that. Is that the um, one where the guy takes an axe to the head? Yeah. Yeah. Malk- Malkovich <laughs> kills him at the end. And then uh, Clooney kills Ma- uh, Brad, uh, Pitt. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Oh, that is one of the greatest kill scenes that I think I've ever seen. So, okay. Burn after reading. Who kills Brad Pitt? Clooney. Okay. <laughs> Clooney kills Pitt's Brad. hiding in, the, in his closet Pitt. and then he... Consult the book of knowledge. <laughs> right. Oh no, yeah, he's laughing. And then the yeah. dildo chair thing—that was weird, also. Uh, oh, then he yeah. shoots him in the head. Yeah, he shoots him in the head because uh, Pitt went in there to find something. I, I forget what he was looking for, but he ends up like hiding in the closet. And there you go. He's <laughs> he's like looking into his eyes, smiling, blinking, oh, and then dude. he just fucking shoots his yeah, head off. Yeah, he, uh, he has just. <laughs> The biggest shit eating grin. grin. Yeah. <laughs> and he just bam. Just dead. Oh. <laughs> Total Cohen brothers move too. That's how they make their uh their shit. Right. And then right after that is the axe to the head, I I think. They always have like weird a- death scenes for people. Did you see uh No Country for Old Men? I did. Yeah. Like the um uh, yeah. Like the guy, the main character, what's his name? Um not the hitman. Um Oh not Shigar. Not Shigar. Yeah. Uh the other guy. Oh shit. Well name? anyway, whatever. He um jo- Berlin. Josh well yeah, but the guy's name in the movie I don't remember. Um I don't remember his character's name. Yeah. He, like he dies off screen. Like the the main character in the movie he's like this driving down this pick street in a pickup truck and then he looks out over his swimming pool he's like a girl there waving at him and obviously it's a trap and then next scene 
you see like his girlfriend, like his hitman, this hitman shows up to possibly kill his girlfriend. You don't know if he actually does. You don't see it. And then you see oh, him die I, off screen. I think it's, it's pretty well implied that he puts that shotgun to, uh, to her head. Yeah, you still don't see it though. And then you don't. The main guy just like floating face down in the swimming pool. No explanation of how he was killed or, you know, who I killed I couldn't him. find the axe scene. I was looking. I just found the uh, American Psycho axe scene. So there's the animation. Oh, I finished American Psycho, Nate. Cool. You know how they open the scene in the movie where he's like, there's this idea of Patrick Bateman. Something yeah. like that. Although you can hold, you know, shake my hand. I should have memorized the script so I could record it. Um, that is actually the ending of the book. Huh? It It's bizarre. It is as unexplained as the movie. It's just way more disgusting and vile in the book. Right. Well, I thought that was the whole point of the story is, is, is he really doing yeah, all this and seeing exactly. this? Or is he just batshit crazy and just thinks that he's doing all this? They leave you at the end not knowing anything. Although it does seem to add up that he's doing a lot of that. But at some point where he's like at his peak of craziness, he refers to himself in the third person. Oh, well, I, I've never read the book. I've seen the movie once. So shit. The stuff in the books, like way more hilarious and uh, absurd. There's a scene where he's like running from the cops and he enters a building that he thought was his. This is the point where he's referring to himself in the third person. And he, the, the doorman asks him to sign in and this frustrates him. So he leaves, but then he re-enters and <laughs> he pulls out a gun to shoot at him and he goes around the, uh, like the exit door, the spinning thing two times firing at this guy, <laughs> just running in circles, shooting at him. And then earlier he's, in his room describing how he's like covered in Bengay and his underwear trying to make meatloaf. <laughs> Why is he covered what? in Bengay? Yes. Wow. He's talking about his glistening muscles covered in Bengay. <laughs> his whole body. Yeah, he, he might need the Bengay because he's been running around this turnstile shooting at random things. Is it's not just disgusting, but it is full of product names and product placement, basically. Well, yeah, American Psycho. Yeah. That, that would be very on point. And all of the people that he's interacting with are almost at his level. With their craziness. Like the whole city seems pretty just screwed up. Bash it crazy. Yeah. People forgetting what lightning is. And assuming it's photographers. Strange. Very. 
Mm, what other space movies are there? Too many to count. Contact. Contact. That's Which my I don't think I've seen. all-time number one favorite movie. It's probably the reason Sydney yeah, exists. Yeah, low standard for movies. Oh, you know. He well, likes space stuff. Fuck you, for one. <laughs> How can you think Contact is better than Blade Runner? It's just oh, his I didn't. I didn't say that it was better than Blade Runner. It's just my favorite. Yeah, Blade Runner that seems is great. contradictory. But okay, I what, have to to. What to makes be able Contact to... so great? Just because it's aliens. It's his interest and nostalgia, probably. Right? No. It, well, no? nostalgia. Yeah, maybe. But the the way that it it. it um, shows like a very real, real life way of dealing with some sort of contact, uh, a, a message that was received that we were able to comprehend the the way that the whole thing plays out. You know that it's just a very real life way that that it would definitely happen. Are there any spoilers, or should I just listen? For, con- for contact? Yeah. Um, There's no big surprise? Well, uh, no. Not okay. really. I I mean, I, I can avoid it, but basically, you know, they... I'm going to watch it, I think. Close Encounters of the Third Kind is a better movie than that. No offense. Yeah, no, it's a great... That I, I love that movie, too. But still, Contact is, is still my all-time number one. I'm not not the biggest fan of Jodie Foster or Matthew oh, McConaughey. She's the Nicolas Cage of female actress. Right, Ugh. right, and she's the star. She's the she's the main person in that movie. But still, Silence of the Lambs is a great movie too. She's a star in that. That's unfortunate. Okay, yeah. We're not. We're Anthony Hopkins only though. has like twelve minutes of screen time in that movie. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. He got the Oscar for that movie too. Yeah. But no, the, the the whole premise of, of Contact is that um, it, it follows this team that is a uh, working on SETI, and they use this huge uh, radio telescope array in uh, Nevada, and they get some alien transmission, and they record it, and they dissect it and figure out what it's saying and and they build um whatever these uh you know instructions are saying to build and it's really just uh, a massive story carl sagan wrote the wrote the story all right you gotta get that video carl sagan out again that weird one oh my god yeah which weird one uh, some really psychedelic thing. It's long though. It's kind. Of, it's kind of creepy, actually. Uh, is it someone? Somebody re-edited one of his videos or something and added a bunch of pregnant pauses. Okay. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah, Carl Sagan is not not a weirdo. <laughs> no, I know. No. Uh, 
So what? An- another space movie. Let's see. Galaxy Quest. The Final Frontier. <laughs> Galaxy Quest. Oh yeah. When's the last that time sounds you terrible. That? Oh, you never saw that? Tim Allen. I think so. That's, I saw. That's a great movie. Two thousand one. No. Uh, Galaxy, Galaxy Quest is a spoof movie. It's like Spaceballs. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, is it's a it's, uh, it's Spaceballs. Um, yeah, the woman with the cleavage and Star Trek. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver. That's the only thing I remember from that movie. Her tits. Oh yeah. Yeah. The last she was... couple of years she was hot, and then it all went down quickly. <laughs> right. Oh, there, there's the scene in the trailer. Yeah. yeah. Push up bra. She was banging in, in that one. Um, what's the other one with that robot? It was in two thousand, maybe ninety nine. Um, lost in space. Lost in space. Yeah, I remember Danger. watching that with Troy. Danger Will Robinson. This is how I discovered StarCraft. I think I watched that with Troy, and we were playing Warcraft two. And I said, "Wouldn't that be cool if they had a space version, a space version of Warcraft?" And he's like. Oh yeah, they do. And Dude, I wanted to strangle him. I I don't know because we played StarCraft when uh, you had just moved away from Sandfield. Yeah, like it 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 was almost like instantaneous, right away. Well, I don't know how long how much time had passed, but I knew Troy at that point, and we played Warcraft two, which I remember. And then at some point, yeah, the space one, that's the one I wanted to play because that's cool shit. There's no water, no water units because I was used to that in Warcraft 2. Yeah, yeah, fuck the water units. It was also <laughs> Attacked in, uh, by Turtles? Age of Empires. Oh man, I want to play some Civ 5. <laughs> I have more time on Civ 5 than I think any other game in my Steam account, and I've played it five times. I have a problem. Maybe eight times. I don't know. Lost in Space, which year was this? 98. Yeah, so that's about the time that StarCraft came out. Yeah, that was a a remake. Yes. That movie sucked. I don't know if it was any good or not. I saw it in 98. I wouldn't know. I would I remember it being cheesy even when I was young watching it. I just knew I wanted to be a space cowboy and have my own ship. I want a big, I want a deck. I want like, you know, space to walk around like Battlestar Galactica. And I want to hear my boots clanking against the fucking deck of my ship. Yeah. I want to hear, I want to hear the doors open like that. You want to be a feather on the wind? I don't know what that means. I'm not going to say yes to that. Sounds good. I know. What? Firefly? He wants to be a a tiny dancer. (laughs) Firefly? No? Yeah, I've watched Firefly. I don't... Feather on the Wind. That's Walsh, the uh, pilot. Is that what he says? Yeah, he's... He's a kind of effeminate pilot. The the redhead. The redhead. The ginger uh, guy. Yeah, who has the... the Charles Lindbergh. The hot wife. If you're into that. Trying to f- remember the big black woman, yeah, yeah. Hey, she's still pretty banging, 
Yeah. BBW. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You've looked at too much porn. Ryan is fucking destroying his office right now. That's so funny. BBW. I think that actually means big, beautiful women, though. Uh, I think not to me. I, I see I those and I just uh, I skip over that. <laughs> big, big booty women, woman. Yeah, I think you're it's right. It's gonna mean several things. I think John's right. That seems to be more consistent with no, what I've think, seen. No, BBW. I think is big, beautiful women actually. No, I think that second B is booty. Let's consult the book of knowledge. Oh, ding, ding. Urban Dictionary, top of the list there. Oh, that's not a good place. Euphemism consult. for fat. Big booty. Pleasingly plump. That is two P's. Not B's. Well, personal ads calling themselves personally, or no, please, pleasingly plump. Still, two P's. That doesn't mean... Any sense with two Bs. Yeah. Uh, okay, there's another definition. Uh, big, beautiful women. Oh, Either so way, I don't, right. I, I don't care. Because all I can think of when you say that is scented kisses. Google that. I dare you. Burrito flavored kisses? Scented kisses. Make sure you're in incognito and you have uh, <laughs> hundreds of cute pictures to look at to eye bleach yourself. Wash that away from your eyes. It's a 300 pound black woman on heels. <laughs> Are you still fucking recording this? Yes. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end it there. What was the other one? Earth Earthquake? Earthquake and scented kisses. Earthquake is vile. <laughs> what are you talking about? Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> oh man, pleasingly plump. Earthquake. What a great stage name. Earthquake. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, shit. Um, I'll be right back. GG. Well, I, I'm gonna. I should just end it, right? Oh, if you want to. I guess I can just let it run forever. Yeah, we can. Uh, we we you'll can be right back. Pick right back up. Yeah, I'll be right back. Okay. There's the a lot of what? The magic of uh, audio editing. Oh, <clears throat> mic's still open. That's right. Great shit. Hot, Hot mic. mic. Still recording. Just like his asshole. <sighs> yeah. Still recording. That that Chipotle burrito coming back <laughs> in force, huh? Solid mass. Anal baby. <laughs> With a vengeance. That's why I just get the bowls now from Chipotle. I don't get the uh, burrito because I can actually shit the... Uh, the bowl out, but if I eat that massive <laughs> eight-inch tortilla, there's no way I'm gonna pass that. <laughs> so you buy it based on the size of your your rectum. 
No, based on how my like how my body breaks it down. I, I'm picturing you like standing up from the toilet in like this cardboard bowl, just sitting there. In the <laughs> At least I can shit it. <laughs> No, the the uh, the crunchy tacos from Chipotle. That's where it's at. Fuck the burrito. Fuck the bowls. They have crunchy tacos. Oh yeah, that's oh. for a taco. They'll say softer or hard. Get those hard ones. And then you won't be shitting a uh, cardboard bowl <laughs> like, like Nate over here. Yeah, that's what would happen when I had, uh, remember that drink, Balls? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Styrofoam shits. Yeah, yeah. It's like this dehydrated mass that you had to shit out. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't want to come out. It's like fucking sandpaper. Get stuck halfway. <laughs> so that arrived in the mail. I forgot to talk about this on the show. And it is from France. French post. It's got a French uh, sticker thing. La Poste France. And at least it's in English. They yeah. come out with a printout. Well, what do you do with it? Do you, you stick that in your card <laughs> USB? Uh, yeah, it you, it's super cheap. It's not really keychain worthy because you could flex it by like just the shit in your pocket. Um, so the real one you should get is at the bottom there, the fi- the YubiKey one that the blue one. You'll see it at the bottom of Amazon there, or right below this one. Yeah, I see. Um, it is part of this standard for second factor authentication. So, with your Google account, like Gmail, you can have you have the option of having two factors of authentication: something you know, something you have. Sort of something you have would be using your phone to receive a a code via text message, or having one of the using like the Google Authenticator on an Android or iPhone. And then punching in that one-time password. So the one-time password is something you have, sort of. It's technically something you know. It's good for 60 seconds. It's another factor for authenticating on top of your password. In this case, this key, it's a little crypto device that uh, verifies that it's you because you need the key in order to um, properly finish the challenge response. It's cool. This is a no-brainer. These keys are a lot simpler than explaining to my mom how you use the Google Authenticator app to punch in a six-digit code that's only good for 60 seconds. And how do you back that up so that when you get a new phone, it comes with you and you don't get locked out of your account? This key just stays on their keychain and my mom knows to plug it in and on the blue one at the bottom there, they just tap the little thing when it lights up. 
and you only need it a couple times a year if you're using your normal laptop. If you use somebody else's laptop, then you plug it in and authenticate that one time. Right. Yeah. But hopefully this will spread to more sites. This one, I want to disassemble. Just out of curiosity. Yeah, just uh, hit it with a sledgehammer. You're good. <laughs> I think I... I think it's like inject injection molded. So I'm going to have to use some kind of corrosive to erode it. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to completely destroy that thing. If you want to get inside. Yeah, There's no layers. I can't just, you know, like poke it with a knife. I'm holding it right here. It's like, well, you, you probably could poke it with a knife, but. All right. I've got my exacto knife here. Oh, what is that? Your taser? No, it's the retractable. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's my, my taser. Taser. Don't don't tase it, bro. Don't tase me, bro. Let's see. Uh it is kind of a soft plastic. Maybe I I don't think there's layers though. No. It, if yeah, you're, no layers. If you're comfortable cutting. with destroying the one that you have right now, then keep going. But I would say just... I'm going to destroy it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Go like uh, Breaking Bad style. Put, yep. the, put the wrong acid in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'll do. I'm going to end up in the news, so uh, just... That's really, you'll know if I succeed or not, whether I'm in the news. <laughs> yeah. It'll dissolve straight through the ground. No, man, I didn't use glass. I just used the tub. H7AB. I used H7D. Fuck that shit, bitch. So if you look at this Amazon page, the Yubico Neo, Yubiki Neo, that's the one I have. And it has, it's kind of like my, for my BeagleBone Black, I have this um, crypto board that has an AES module on it, a SHA-256 module, an ECC module, and you can, and a TPM chip. So it gives you hardware. So let's say the situation is you need to create an encryption. You need to do full disk encryption, but you need to obscure the key from the client customer or something so that they don't get access to the key or they can't be forced to give it up for, you know, through court order, torture or whatever. It doesn't matter. You can't give it up. It's locked away in the chip. The whole point is to, have a chip that runs at a higher level than even your own root permissions to the, the board, it would actually require acid and an oscilloscope to access the chip. Same idea with these security keys, the uh, U2F ones, the ones that are specialized for U2F are very simplistic and relatively cheap. That's why this one's cheap. The more expensive one that I have has a NFC chip in it and some more hardware, kind of like my crypto cape for my BeagleBone Black. So I can set it up to be like a smart card as well as a U2F token 
and a one-time pass generator. I like cryptography. Right. I like space. Well, that's good that the judge torture will will not get random people into your shit. Yeah, and I've actually looked into this using one of these chips to uh, make something with, but I don't think I'll need it because I've solved it by doing encryption at rest. So the device itself never contains any plain text customer info. So I get lazy. I don't use this proprietary hardware that I don't really understand and it's over my head. I get lazy. I put the chip just on the plain file system so that it decrypts it for the full disk encryption. So the file system itself is obscured and encrypted so that if the disk is separated, you can't use it or access the data. Even if you could, the data stored on the encrypted file system is itself encrypted at rest. So there is, it's just as good as having the TPM chip obscure the key from the user. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, not interesting. Uh, whoa. I, I didn't say that. That It's very interesting. Uh, it, it's funny. There's just how, how deep the encryption actually goes. I mean, you really, really, really have to want to get that information if you want to, if you want to break that. Yeah. I mean, the hydrophile thing that I was talking about with Alan, you know, the concept of a hydra, right? Right. Okay. Uh, multiple heads, chop one off. It still lives. That's the concept. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Um, that's why I had to come up with this crypto stuff or, you know, experiment with this board. Cause that would be, that was the answer to my problem at first, but I've solved it through other means, more effective means because now the keys to the kingdom are actually held by the customer physically. I don't give them a digital copy unless they, can show me their PGP key so I can encrypt it to them. And I know that's never going to happen. So I print it out and it's out of my hands. They have to keep it in a safe. Right. So if they lose those conveniently, they never have to turn them over. Yeah. Well, Fuck those bitches. Yeah, there's a bunch of reasons why people wouldn't want to store their data on uh, something like Dropbox. And that's what I want to cater to. Oh, yeah. I can think of a million reasons not to store data on uh, on Considering they're in the news multiple times a year about getting hacked. Right. Yeah, I mean... I I barely trust uh, Google for email. I don't I don't know why I would want this extra like hard drive thing that they offer. Well, this it looks like a flash drive. It's not. There's no storage. This is just 
somebody needs this key in order to log into your account. So if you're stuck, if all your eggs are in one basket with Google on the internet, if somebody needs this key to log into your account, you're pretty safe against uh, some kind of remote exploit. This is also kind of securing you against a phishing exploit where somebody dresses up a fake site pretending to be Google, steals your login, username and password, and within five minutes they could have downloaded every message you've ever sent because you've given them the kings to the kingdom. But if it requires this key, they can't. So for Google employees, it solves a lot of industrial espionage problems. Somebody could fake you out and make you... I'm going to stop recording. Oh, why? This is good shit. Yeah, okay. Well, well, I mean, we can talk about something else. Uh, happily, yeah. Uh, Nate Dog over here is being fairly quiet. He's... He might be talking. No, he's too busy jerking off the pandas and shit. And, uh... What is it? W-O-D now? World... Warlord? Uh, what is it? The name of the new game? Warlord? I, I don't know. Yeah, the expansion's got a new name. Yeah, the last time I played WoW was in 2005. Yeah, I played it once. Because somebody wanted me to play for the free month and bought it for me. Right. See, like I, I'm down for the RPG and playing it, and and the reason that I put money. I'm not okay with it. Oh, you're not. No, oh, it's boring. I want to shoot people and then squat on their face. Okay. Oh, dude. And then yeah. be out of the game in five minutes. I just want to play for five minutes. Yeah. I. Uh... I'm all like about I, the quick teabag. Like I said earlier, I play uh, DOD. Yeah, quick teabag. Oh, yeah. When when I'm on the winning team and I'm in that final push that kills everyone for the, you know, whatever until the respawn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am the rogue spear guy going over there teabagging the hell out <laughs> of everyone. Oh, that game oh. really had the best teabag motion because you actually did a squat, like the Asian squat. Right. There was no oh. kneeling. Oh, the Rogue Spear? Yeah. Well, Rainbow Six and Rogue Spear. Yeah, Rainbow Six. Yeah, Rogue Spear was better. Well, yeah, way older, or, you know, way newer. Remember how realistic that game was? Right. The snow really? footprints, the sound effects, the AI was pretty good. Right. And you know that we were... Uh, we, we were, were probably the best players. But we were, but we we cheated. Oh ways. yeah. Now that I think about it. Yes. Dude, the, third we, person mode. We used going the third, through the walls. What? We used every single bug there was. And we used the crap out of it. And there were never patches for the game. Oh yeah. The the uh the the crouching as you're climbing the stairs so so that you could like go down through the boxes at the bottom of the map. Oh, that was different. You had to, uh, you crouch at the stair and then you hit space to climb the stairs as if it was a box and you crouch right before the, uh, climbing process finishes, right. cutting it off 
And then when you stand, it starts the climbing process again and you just keep cutting it off. And if you hold still for a while, you sink. So you could hold still, sink into the floor. Now you're under the map and you can make do the crawling process till you get into a good position and then just yeah. shoot people through the through the ground. Yeah, you could either just sink down or all the way up to the top of the map. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Really but, shitty. But that third-person mode was definitely not the way that it was supposed no. to be used. We, we cheated. That was our, shitty. Hey. We'd we sit were, there. We were like, still oh, the people be- would rage quit all the time. Oh, we were still the best. <laughs> it didn't matter, man. Any map. Even the maps where we couldn't use our third person. Did you play Tripes too much with us? Yeah. Because I don't remember. Because we, that, ah, he's back. Uh, that, we did that for a couple of years, like maybe two years, a year and a half. Hardcore. Um, yeah. We used the third person glitch in that. And there was a bug in one of the mods that Troy and I played where we can cloak. Oh, uh, shit. Well, I guess I didn't play <laughs> as we much. We were completely invisible, sniping people. Yeah, no, I don't remember that at all. But Yeah, pretty much if there's a bug in a game, we've used it. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how Counter Strike used to be. That's what that's what added the charm to all those old games. Like Counter Strike, if there was a surface, you could you could climb it and like sit on top of it like a mountain goat. There's a little one inch space, like a light switch on the side of a wall. You could, you know, bunny hop up onto a chair and then jump onto the light switch, and you can jump from the light switch to the top of the door, and then you can sit on top of the door jam, even though you know that's physically impossible, and you just wait till somebody comes in, you camp, and you shoot him in the face. And then you teabag him. Teabagging. Yep. That's after, the ritual. After the uh, door jam kill, you got a teabag. Good times. Oh, yeah. Good times, for sure. <laughs> 